It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. And we are joined by a very, very special guest, Matt Waldman. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Waldman. Uh, You can check out his work at MattWaldmanRSP.com. Matt, it's such an honor to have you on the show because I've been listening to you talk about football for a decade now on Football Guys. So thank you so much. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's, I appreciate you you guys having me on. It's always fun to be able to chop it up with you all. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a couple of years, I think. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. And I love the subject that we're going to get to talk about because yeah. nobody likes to talk about you, you know this type of stuff. But fans want to know mm. about these types of guys. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some of the rookie receivers that the Cowboys brought in this offseason. And we should start with their fifth-round pick, Semi Fahoku from Stanford. Uh, now, I, I dug into the RSP a little bit yesterday to, to, to get ready for this show. Uh, but, Matt, why don't you tell the listeners what you think about this former Stanford receiver? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a guy that, you know, I do rankings in the rookie scouting portfolio, but as I try to warn people before I get to the ranking section every year is that I hate rankings. I prefer (laughs) grades um, Mm -hmm. because rankings don't give you a lot of context because I'm ranking players across the league as opposed to what do the Cowboys specifically need? And if I were doing that, then my rankings would probably be a lot different. Um, But the grade for um, a guy like Semi Fajoko is – you know, basically on the borderline of a, con- of a contributor who can play right away in, in a rotation. And I think it just depends on what you're looking for out of him. But I like, you know, obviously you like the tested athletic ability of, of a player like Fajoko and what he did. But then there's this whole idea of every Stanford player I've seen in recent years who tests really well has done jack. Um, mm-hmm. And now – now that's I'm not a logo scout, so I don't look at it from that perspective. I don't factor that into my rankings one way or the other. Um, but it is something that's interesting, just from a side, you know, just kind of a tangential standpoint. You know, what he does well is that you know against off coverage, he's very good at being able to release against defenders who try and get physical with him in off coverage. He's got that athletic ability to adjust to the football. Someone who reminds me a lot in terms of the style of his play to be a little bit like what Juju Smith-Schuster could become, or he could become a little bit like that. I think he's a better athlete than Smith-Schuster in testing, but 
in terms of how he puts it together on the field and processes, you know, basically what he observes into physical action. Juju Smith-Schuster is actually a quicker processor, which is understandable. He was one of the better receivers in the league over, you know, a couple of years ago when you talk about performance. Um, so I like what Fajoko can do, but he's going to have to, you know, if you want him to be an every down receiver, when he faces press coverage against patient cornerbacks, he's going to have to get better at that. And, and to be specific, one of the things that he doesn't do well is that you always want to use your feet first, get the defender to react, and then use your hands to counter to that reaction. That's really the goal of a receiver in press coverage. And Fajoko is kind of so rehearsed right now with his feet. It's like uh, it's like the wide receiver equivalent of like a fifth grader doing, you know, reciting his you know, multiplication tables or maybe a third, you know, second grader, you know, doing that where it's kind of by rote, they've memorized it, but they don't quite know it yet. Mm -hmm. And memorizing is you're picturing in your head, knowing it is, it is, it's just there. And with Fajoko, you can see that like he's memorized the hand feet combination is what to do. But when a patient physical cornerback crowds him and says, all right, we're going to try and stop you. He kind of he jumps the gun with using his hands because he's not waiting for the reaction. He's not playing fluidly yet. So he's going to have to get better at that type of thing. If he can do that, I think he can be a contributor in this offense. And certainly when you look at the Cowboys future, you know, you got Gallup. What this is the final year of his deal, I think. Mm -hmm. And as good as he's been and as good as he might be become, you know, with Lamb in the in place and, and, you know, of course, Cooper. It's likely Gallup's the odd man out. He's probably going somewhere, so they're probably hoping a guy like Fajoko can be be that player, and he's certainly one of the three that is going to be in contention for, uh, you know, if he has a good camp, could be in contention for that opportunity down the line. You know, one of those things that you see with guys like Fajoko usually, you know, when they're kind of athletically advanced and, and, and you know, seemingly rehearsed is that sometimes they're not the, the best hands catchers. Uh, I do like that Fahoku does, you know, kind of make adjustments with his hands and, and doesn't mind catching with palms out. Sometimes you end up seeing these guys as kind of body catchers a lot of times when they're these kind of players. Can you talk a little bit about what you think about Fahoku's hands and, and how he is as a, as a catcher of the football? Because I, I have seen a lot of criticism there. I didn't see a ton of, of you know, over overarching negative negativity in his hands, but I, I do see people comment on that a lot, on that a lot uh, when they talk about him. What are your thoughts about him as just a, a receiver of the football? Yeah. I mean, he's someone that I, I think that there are times where when defenders are tight to him and he's posted up against them, there are moments where he'll use the underhand technique with his pinkies mm -hmm. together in situations where you'd like to see that overhand technique with the thumbs together and, you know, with that triangle so that he can extend outward and attack it early, force the defenders to kind of like hit his arms rather than jar the ball loose or knock his, his body into the ball. Because when you're going underhand, you tend to be tighter to your frame and that allows the defender to get in a little bit more. So he doesn't have as much opportunity to control and keep the ball away from a defender in those situations. And because He's naturally built to be kind of a post-up receiver. Yeah. That's why you want to see – you're going to see some of that criticism. He also has to make his hands a little bit later um, when he's executing back shoulder plays, and meaning yeah. that mm -hmm. he, he tips off his intentions a bit. And when you can – when 
when you basically put your hands up so early that you're already taking two to three more steps before the ball arrives, the defender has time to swat, you know, make a last minute swat at the ball based on where it's going to arrive because of where your hands are. So he's got, and that's a tracking issue and tracking Mm -hmm. issues are difficult to fix. If you don't, if you're not tracking the ball extremely well at this level, it's unlikely that you're going to be a top ball tracker when you move on here. Now it doesn't mean that it's a, it's a fatal flaw for his game. It might be a fatal flaw for him becoming an all around awesome receiver yeah. who would be yeah. your t- you know, uh, an elite player, but I, you know, he attracts the ball effectively over his shoulder. He extends well for the ball away from his frame. Um, and he has that wide catch radius you're looking for. Um, and he will attack the ball at the earliest point of arrival when he's working with his back to the quarterback. Um, but when it comes to, you know, tight coverage for him to be that kind of a go-to guy, um, that may be kind of the difficult thing for him, um, you know, at that stage, but it's, it's kind of a nitpicky point, but it's the, it's the nitpicky point that's going to matter if, if fans get excited about him and say, he's going to be elite. You're going to be like, no, he's going to be good, but he won't be elite. So I'm uh, I want to go back to that Juju comp because that's really interesting to me. You mentioned his, his problems with press coverage. Do you think that means that Fahoku could put, you know, potentially slide into the slot, you know, in his career and be this oversized slot that's become so common in the NFL? That's kind of how I've projected him is that he would, that his best fit would be that because he's not a norm, you know, he may be quick, like I said, he may be quick metrics wise, but on the mm-hmm. field, it's not quite all there paired with the technique. So, you know, your, your test scores on your workouts are really about, you know, if you're not thinking, this is how, this is how fast you can be. And if you're not, if technique is good, you can, this is how fast you can be. But if he's not already like showing those, that level of technique and processing, then he's going to be a little bit slower. It's why coach, why, why receiver coaches, even at the high school and college level will say, here's a guy who ran a four, four, here's a guy who ran a four, seven, and they're both releasing off the line of scrimmage. And guess which one ran the four four and which one ran the four seven. Yeah. And you and and you know if you're not trained, you would look at it and probably say the four four guy was the four seven guy, uh, or you'd say the four. You know you wouldn't realize that the four four guy was actually, you know the the four seven guy was actually the faster player in yeah. this particular release because of his technique and understanding and ability to anticipate what's going on. So yeah, in the middle of the field where he will be pressed less, allowed to be using his size is a leverage a, a greater positive leverage in his game with those sail routes with the seam routes the back shoulder catches tracking the ball over his head with a trailing linebacker or a, or a safety probably the best fit for him i don't see him ever being a split end at a high yeah. level and as a flanker you want a guy who's a little bit better of a route runner he's not bad as a route runner but not bad for like a young pro Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Are you ready to try the best tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code Locked On. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On, for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. So Matt, we, we like to go deep on this podcast. So we, we talked about the fifth round pick receiver, but let's go ahead and dive into the undrafted free agents. And that's mm-hmm. why that's why we brought you on this show is because there's nobody better at talking about these guys than you. And I happen to know that you like this next receiver a little bit. TJ Vasher from Texas Tech, uh, the biggest wingspan in the history of wide receivers. I'm looking at it now in mock draftable, uh, 84 and a half, uh, half inches, just absolutely huge. What do you think of TJ Vasher? Yeah, I mean, I think as a ball tracker, the only player in this class who might be better at just making crazy adjustments on the football, both fluid athletic adjustments and then just using your wingspan effectively against coverage or even just against throws that shouldn't be deemed as catchable would be Jalen Camp, the Georgia Tech wide receiver Mm -hmm. who went to the Jaguars as an undrafted free agent. Um, This is a high upside selection for the Cowboys. Obviously, that means the floor can be low, but um, I think the on-field potential for him is there to become a good starter. I think he can get a little more, get a little stronger. He's he's kind of, he looks a little bit like a a human version of a praying mantis, you know, in terms of like (laughs) his build, you know. but, you know, wiry strength, um, but he can get a little bit more refined. I, You know, does he have the disciplined professionalism you're looking for from a football player? Because I'm not saying that he doesn't have it, but it's one of those things that when you have guys who are very naturally talented at plucking the ball and rebounding it on this level, um, sometimes they can lean a little bit too much on, you know, their God-given talent. A great example yeah. of that was – Devonte Parker, who succeeded, but early in his career, before the rookie draft, they asked him, you know, how have you gotten to the point that you have, you know, how do you, you know, what do you work on to, 
to, to develop the way that you have. And he said, I just leaned on my God-given talent. And over the next three years, we saw him do basically nothing but tease Miami Dolphins fans in the organization until he figured out that God-given talent. Also, part of that God-given talent was God, may, if you're a believer, is that God is a you know, that God also gives you the talent to work hard and develop mm -hmm. that talent and address things that you don't know yet. And it took him some time to figure that out. When he did, he became a good receiver. You know, Basher played in that air raid type, type of offense, a lot of three by one, two by two sets is the middle trips receiver. So he doesn't get pressed a ton. Um, but he's someone that I like his build, his coordination, his tracking ability, he can bend, you know, and drop into hard breaks. It's got to get quicker. That long, that first long step has to get there. Um, I think he has a real promising understanding of how to release against press coverage. Um, but I didn't see him extensively, extensively tested because of the settings in which he played. Yeah. So if he's playing higher level, patient cornerbacks who can get physical with him, I would, I would bet that he's going to struggle against that in camp right now. But if he shows up and, and they're like, he's better than we thought at releasing, then you're, you're probably going to be anticipating him as an active roster guy who makes the active roster um, because they won't want to let him go to the free agent market. Um, but the spatial awareness, man, love what he can do. It's, it, you know, and, Again, we don't throw a lot of fade routes in the NFL anymore. It's it's kind yeah. of you know it's gone the way of Des Bryant in that standpoint. So it's it's one of those things that he's going to have to be better in a lot of other ways. But the way that he can track the ball with his back to the quarterback is impressive. He seems fast enough, um, and certainly shows the quickness. It's just a matter of how refined he can get. You know that that kind of brings up you know a couple of things when you were talking about Fehoku potentially being a slot guy. I I kind of felt that way about Vasher as well. And when and Marcus and I talked about him earlier, uh, we kind of thought that that's you know likely where he would probably find some success early, just because he would be able to operate a little bit more in the middle of the field, be able to use that body. Our concern is you know obviously that he's listed at two hundred pounds, but man, <laughs> he does not look two hundred pounds at all. Uh, and and Marcus even suggested you know. And I guess this is a two-part question. One, I think, you know, his best route to make this team is to be a practice squad guy, or as Marcus said, a guy who maybe uh, pulls a hammy like that last day right before uh, cutdowns and uh, mm. has to end up on pub. Uh, but but you know, our thought was that, you know, maybe this is a guy who could uh, potentially put on you know 15, 20 pounds and maybe become a, kind of a tight end type or someone that operates in the middle of the field. Where do you see like his potential, you know, best spot, you know, if he develops the way that, you know, we hope he does, is, is he a guy that you think can operate on the outside and inside? Do you think he's a, a, a guy who's going to flourish mostly on the inside? Where do you think his best usage would be? I think if his speed is good enough and he can show the ability to overcome press coverage at a pro level, you want, I think I'd rather see him in Gallup's role as the X as a potential replacement there where you can win with him off play action because I thought, you know, his time speed, I didn't look at his time speed, but the miles per hour that I saw ranking um, metrics I saw on him were pretty impressive mm -hmm. um, during his college career. So if he shows that ability to get on top of defenders early, I'd rather see him there down the line. Um, and I agree with you. Like if I were, you know, if I were the cheating type, 
um, then I would I would probably <laughs> see if I can find some painters tape and yeah. and and get that painters tape. And when we get them, they have the equipment manager come in and say. And basically, you tell him somewhere through, like, have a veteran, have veterans say, listen, if, if the equipment manager puts painter's tape on a certain part of your body, you need to fall down and practice and hold that part of your body <laughs> if you want to make the team long term in the fall. You know, you got this down, man. Yeah, you got yeah. the whole process. <laughs> listen, down. man. I well, watched, for somebody who says they're not a cheater, I, I mean, we were just I, suggesting it. You've got a whole plan. <laughs> I just, listen, I watch a lot of DeAndre Hopkins and appreciate his game. <laughs> <laughs> and and same with um same with the Rams cornerback used to play for the Jaguars and those two are the most cheatingest guys that I know. <laughs> um, so I've learned a lot from watching those guys, and I just figure, well, hey, listen, if at the pro level, it's all about you know, it's all about basically gaining every advantage you can where the ref isn't looking. So while high school guys will come. High school coaches will rant to me about the examples that these players don't make for kids. I'm like, I'm like, I understand that, but the reality is this. So I'm, I'm going to show you the realities. I'm not going to show you what um, the myth that we're teaching in high schools and, and elementary schools right now. Got to win uh, in the NFL. Gotta I'm, win. I'm telling you. Got to win. Wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, All right, Matt, I want to finish up with one more receiver. And this is actually a guy that I like quite a bit. The Cowboys Mm -hmm. gave him the most guaranteed money uh, in undrafted free agency. And that's Brandon Smith from Iowa He's very explosive. He's got great size. The only thing he doesn't have is long speed. But, man, I could see a path for him becoming a solid third or fourth receiver, maybe like a Muhammad Sanu if everything works out. But what did you see from Brandon Smith in your film study? I like that comparison. You know, I had kind of a Keenan McCardell thing going on Mm -hmm. um, with him because, you know, his athletic traits, like you said, it's kind of more a contributor or at worst a reserve. But – and he's not going to, like I've said, he's not going to earn the invitation to like the draft next equivalent of a beauty pageant, you know, but yeah. he has the baseline skills you're looking for from a route runner. He's a good blocker. I think he's got the most likely chance to stick to the Cowboys of the three we talked about. Well, Pahoko due to draft capital, oh, yeah. but like between the two, between Basher and Smith, he's got the best chance. And I think he'll unseat, he may unseat like a, um, Noah, what's Noah Brown? Noah Brown, Noah Brown yeah. the Ohio yeah. State guy, because I think Brown shows is a better athlete and shows more from the highlight-worthy packages of catching the football. 
but he's not as well-rounded of a player beyond special teams that Brandon Smith is. And Brandon Smith, I think, will stick through kick coverage. I think that's going to yeah. endear him to the team, and they're going to feel like there's enough from him as a route runner that they can use him in situational packages in you know four or five receiver set. Um, you know, I, I think that he can get a little bit of quicker working out of hard breaks, but you know, any team that's going to allow him to work the middle of the field or you know, especially up the seams. I mean, him against some safeties where he's going to have to go up and win the ball. He's very good. He's like Vasher, and he's better than Fooko, if you ask me, at winning the football. He's just not as athletic. Um, but he's up there with – I mean, Vasher's great with the catch radius. But in terms of contested catches, it's one of those things that Smith is very good at. It's, a, it's one of the more impressive aspects of his game. So I think he's one of those guys that's kind of like – a a win-win scenario for you. Whereas with Vasher, I don't see him playing special teams um, mm-hmm. unless he just shocks me. Fajoko, I think probably could if you needed him to, but that's probably not what they want um, from a higher end pick or at least a mid-range pick. And then with Smith, that's the expectation. I think he can become a special teams ace, but he can then grow further into becoming a, a physical receiver. Um, you know, and when you, you know, when you look at his ability to attack the ball, to be able to run the routes, he's not far away. You know, it's just a matter of do they like his athletic profile enough to feel like he can grow with the organization? That's, you know, that's great because I honestly, that's exactly how we saw him as well. And mm-hmm. we, we thought that this is a guy that, you know, his uh, may not be ready as a wide receiver right away, but he can, he's a, the kind of guy that sticks on a roster because he, he can do all the other things that you need a bottom of the roster wide receiver to do. You mentioned his blocking. Uh, I, we, we talked about him burying a, a Nebraska cornerback the last time uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we were talking about him. You know, it's, it's funny you bring up Noah Brown because actually that was the guy that we thought that, that could potentially be be a target for someone like Smith, uh, you know, to potentially get a competition to coming into this training camp. I wanted to talk a little bit about a little bit more about his blocking because part of what Noah Brown does for this team is, is, is being used as kind of a move tight end. Uh, they don't really, you know, line him up on the line of scrimmage, but a lot of times what they do, especially on run plays is that they'll, they'll put him out there. Uh, he'll motion across a formation and then, you know, either be a lead blocker or a guy who's sealing off at the edge. Um, how do you feel like Brandon Smith can do that job? I mean, obviously, you, you thought that he was a pretty decent uh, uh, blocker, but talk a little bit more about you know, how he is as a blocker. And, and obviously, he's not quite a tight end, but but what can he, what do you think he can get accomplished uh, in that role for the Cowboys? Sure. Technically, he's got a lot of things that are on point. I mean, he keeps his elbows bent. He works his hands into the chest of the opponent. He runs his feet once he establishes contact. He's going to shuffle his feet when locked onto a defender. And the defender has to really get physical with Smith to get a, a clean shed of him. So that's a, at the very least, he's a nuisance and it's, mm-hmm. and, and, and a nuisance that's big enough to be able to, to really slow things down. And that's about as, that's, that's about as much as you're looking nowadays. for. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the things that he does well also is he sets up defenders pursuing from the outside because he keeps his pads downhill and the defender gets close enough for him to pivot outside and then wall off the man. So there's some there's some refinement to his technique in terms of tracking and gauging the angles of defenders that you want to see. So that's a good sign. Um, and I think he may because 
there's two different types of assignments for wide receivers, most dangerous man assignments and man over me assignments. Mm -hmm. Man over me is basically the nearest guy in front of you. Most dangerous man is whether it's the linebacker or safety or cornerback, depending on the run call that he's, that he's going to be a part of. And he really does make a good effort to reach his most dangerous man assignments inside the hash in ways that I think most receivers at the collegiate level only gave nominal effort. So yeah. the effort is there. Um, I think he maintains a really tight position with his hands. Um, this helps him sustain blocks. And he does it against linebackers at the college level. So he does it long enough to spring his ball carrier and get good effort downhill. And then there's a third technique that I look for a lot, which is called the tilt technique, where he'll be the receiver running off um, the cornerback and then turn inside or outside to to basically transition and have that defender who's trailing, he can address him as a blocker. And, um, and that usually needs a smooth transition for that to happen. And he sells the tilt technique well. So when you look at everything as a whole, he may not be as physical as, as Brown, but I think mm -hmm. he'll be as technically sound as Brown has become um, and be able to grow from there. And obviously he plays with a, you know, he plays with an aggressive streak and you, if you do that, you win. I mean, Santonio Holmes, one of the things that would made him a good wide receiver for a time in the NFL was that for his size, and it was definitely smaller than Brandon Smith, he'll take on, he would have taken on linebackers and it endeared him as a Steeler. And, you know, whatever we think, you know, whatever Cowboys fans think of the Steelers, I'm sure that they, I'm sure they do understand that, that they play, a, they play a physical brand of football and they, and they don't, um, they don't draft guys who aren't tough. Mm -hmm. Marcus is a Steeler fan. So no, that stop really it. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, uh, that is the great Matt Wallman. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Wallman. Please check out the rookie scouting portfolio. I know Landon and I have bought it for years now. It's Absolutely. easily the greatest uh, scouting tool to learn about quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Uh, I use it for my fantasy football rankings all the time. Uh, please, please check it out. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. We would love to have you back another time. You just please. let me know. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, guys, make sure you're downloading the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to follow us on YouTube. For Landon, for Matt, for myself, we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.